You're listening to the Oracle Podcast, where your story matters. All right, guys, we are wrapping up the month of June. It's July just now. I've never felt like six months could feel like six years, as I know everyone's going through it. Um, It's been a difficult year, uh, but I'm thankful for the blessings nonetheless. I'm thankful that uh, a lot of voices have been heard. Um, But there's still a lot of growth. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done. It's been a heavy few months, heavy few weeks, um, but I am blessed just to see um, the amount of growth that a lot of people have been making. I've been blessed to see the the thinking people have had to go through, uh, the analysis of themselves that's happened, and I think that this is the start of something. I'm praying that it's the start of something, uh, but I believe... You know, I was crazy. I was just thinking about um, growing up, we always talked about how the church would split sometime and uh, how, you know, there'd be a shaking of a church or a schism. But I didn't know that what the schism would be would be like, would be people who love genuinely and people who don't. The schism isn't like theology, it hasn't been something like, you know, how to keep the Sabbath. The schism that's been happening and people have been splitting. A lot of young people feeling like the church doesn't do anything for them, but it's all been based around what love truly looks like. And so I just want to let all you listeners know, anyone who's listening now, continue to love others. Continue to ask yourself what that looks like, what that means. Love genuinely and follow the example that Jesus left for us because loving isn't easy Um, It's actually really hard, but it's something God needs us to do. And we have to ask ourselves, are we truly loving the people around us? Or are we just trying to pretend that we are? Today we have a very special guest, Felicia Ut is on the podcast. I've known Felicia for a few years, seen her when she was in high school, and now she is a leader at Oakwood University in, uh, in Georgia. I'm really blessed to have her here and share her story as she discussed what it means and what it looks like and what her journey has been in trusting who God is and uh, finding what it means to obey him because we all know how hard it is sometimes to be obedient to God uh, because we want to do our own thing. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Stay blessed. Enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. My name is Felicia Ut. Um, I am from... Calgary, Alberta, and I'm currently a student at Oakwood University. All right. Thank you so much, Felicia, for coming on the podcast. Um, Really appreciate you taking time, especially early morning on a Sunday. Um, (laughs) I want to ask you just already off the bat, you're saying you're at Oakwood. What has that been like and what has your experience been at Oakwood? How long have you been there now? Um, I've been there for three years, so I'm going into my fourth year. uh, Yeah. Yeah, so what's your experience been like there? How has that been for you? It's been really good. Um, It's like, of course, you know, 
there's a lot that goes on, right? Because you're doing school and then I was involved in a lot of things. And um, so it was super busy. But I really enjoyed my time overall. Um, and I think that I've learned a lot of lessons so that it's grown me like a lot. Um, yes, I, I, I struggled with like balancing my schedule um, while I was there. So it caused a lot of stress. So um, my second and third year, I ended up being a director of a ministry. And I think that's like really what took a strain on me. Um, but I've been involved in ministry from my freshman year. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's basically like the essence of it. Um, I guess like there's, you know, more details, but as you ask questions, you know, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, has it been like, uh, why did you feel like the need to uh, do leadership? Or like, were you, have you always been doing kind of like spiritual leadership before? Like what drove you to do that? Um, honestly, God called me to leadership. I did leadership when I was back at um, Chinook, um, which is the high school that I ended up going to or the academy that I went to here in Calgary. Um, and I was the student um, student pastor for, I think, like two years. Um, but I did kind of leadership back in junior high as well. Um, it was something that I did not plan to do. I didn't really see a leader in myself. My um, I guess the staff or teachers saw it in me. So they put me on like a leadership board, I guess, for the school. And then I took a leadership course and that's kind of like what sparked it. Um, but getting into ministry in regards to leading on campus, that was a whole God thing. Like Jesus plucked me. That, that wasn't something I, I intended to do at all. <laughs> okay. I'm back. Like what happened? What was it? Um, okay. So I guess like a little bit more context. I was in charge of a ministry called REACH, which stands for Realizing Every Act Can Help. Um, it's basically like you go out and do outreach. Um, so every other Saturday we go in different parts of the community and we go serve. And then we also uh, go to an elementary school like five minutes up the road and we do tutoring and mentoring. So that's basically what that is. Um, so basically what happened was I was already in the program. This is something that I really wanted to do um, and I really loved. And the leader at the end of the school year came up to me and she said, so what are your plans for next year? And I told her, well, I'm hoping to study abroad. Um, <laughs> and I, that's it. And she was like, okay, well, you're going to do reach next year. I said, excuse me. <laughs> and she said, yes, this is what you're, you're going to be doing. Um, and yeah, you know, she's like, pray about it and then come talk to me. I said, I know she did not just ask me to do this. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to do it. And um, I had to have a conversation with God because I said, Lord, if you really, really want me to do this, you're going to have to make it very plain that you want me to do this because there's no way. I just really don't handle ministry light because I feel like, you could like you're impacting people's lives like you can change the way people see god when you're involved in ministry yeah. and that's a lot of pressure like i don't know and i said lord i have no skill i am not adequate you know i'm sure like people in leadership feel that way um when they're doing ministry because 
you you don't like you have to trust God. So um I went and I sat down and I had worship the next day after crying because I said, Lord, this is not it. <laughs> um <laughs> and <laughs> it literally said in the scripture, like it was talking about how God um was able to transform something that was so insignificant to something that was significant. And I can't even remember the verse off the top of my head right now, but um he was basically telling me like you're worrying about your inadequacy but like i can change anything to become Mm -hmm. anything so um i got you and i was like oh okay so i read i usually what i do with my devotions i'll go to the verse and then i'll read the whole chapter um within that chapter was this verse from isaiah and it literally said I have chosen you. I've searched, I think, from the ends of the earth or something like that. And I have chosen you. I've called you, whatever. And you don't have to be afraid. I said, mm. whoa, okay. So I guess that's my confirmation right there. Um, and I was fighting it for a while, but I accepted. Um, and that's kind of how it all began. Like, I was like, all right, God, like, I hear you. I know. Um, and then I found another verse when I was doing devotion the next day. Cause I still wasn't convinced. This was like drawn out throughout the week. Yeah. 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 And there was this verse that said, I have anointed you and called you for my service or something like that. And I was like, okay, okay, God, we'll do it your way. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's mm-hmm. how it be sometimes. I feel like sometimes when God's calling us to do something, um, even though he'll might make it clear, we still mm-hmm. ask like 10 times. 20 times try to make sure because that's like lord please even if you just just tell me you don't want to do it and I'll, i won't but then, <laughs> basically you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah um wow i really i uh, think what stands out from what you're saying to me is the way you talk about um communicating with god um the nest like how important ministry is etc uh mm-hmm. but uh felicia i'm just wondering like how did this start for you um when did you become like when did god become someone who's real to you like what's your history of like your personal christianity your personal walk with god okay so i'm actually raised i was actually raised in a buddhist and christian home so my dad was buddhist and my mom is adventist um so it was kind of like always split for me but for some reason like even as a kid no no matter how split it was there was something that always drew me to god like my in our christianity faith um and so the first time that god became real to me was um (laughs) i really wanted to know like does god really answer prayer so i went to bed and i prayed this prayer i I said god i want to know if you can hear me if you can hear me you answer prayers i think i was like seven years old or something it was i was really young um, I said, if you answer prayers, uh, make me, <laughs> make me scream in my sleep. Um, in my head, it was logical because I'm not in control of my body, in control of myself when I'm sleeping. So only he could do something like that. Um, and so I was like, okay, cool. I went to sleep and in the middle of the night I screamed <laughs> and my oh, mom and my dad, yeah. <laughs> My mom and my dad like ran to my room and were like, what's wrong? And I was like, oh, it's okay. Like, <laughs> I just asked God to, you know, figure it out. <laughs> I planned it. I planned it. That's, it worked out. 
<laughs> I prayed for yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, it's, it's okay, guys. Don't worry. And they're like, what, what are you doing? And I was like, my mom was like, what happened? I said, well, I just asked God, like, you know, if you're real, let me scream. She's like, why would you pray for that? Because she was all worried and that something happened to me. So <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm fine. And I was like, so nonchalant about it. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. And so that's when I knew, like, from that age, that um, God was God was real. So. Well, and then, so how did that affect? Like, was there ever any, um, like, difficulty you found in in believing in who He is, or in moving forward? In like, I guess now, like, what does that mean for you going to church, etc.? Like, what was that like? Um, I guess it just. If there were some difficulty along the way. I feel like the difficulty came when I got older, though. Um, but when I was younger, there was just, like, it was just what it was. It's like, you know how they always give that analogy? Like, in your head, it should just be your parents provide for you. Um, or, like, your parents are just there or whatever. They sometimes give that analogy at church or whatever. It's the same way in my head. Or, like, how... Um, animals are just naturally cared for by the earth. Like it just, life is just what it is. That's how it was in my head. So it's like, there's no ifs or buts about whether God is real. That's just what it is after that experience for me. Um, Mm. yeah. So I don't know, like, and I guess God placed a lot of things in my life, um, where it strengthened my faith more than anything. Um, and I guess I had to lean on him because he was the only person I had. Uh, for example, like being when I was nine, well, my dad got sick with cancer. And so my parents were rarely at the house. We had to move to a whole nother place. We moved to Ontario, Hamilton, Ontario. Um, and I mean, like my family was there, but I didn't really talk to them about like what was going on in my head. And God would be the one I would speak to every night. Mm-hmm. Um, he was my consistent like person. And because I knew he heard me, prayer was a huge thing. Um, and so we would, like, I would just talk to him and up and like continuously throughout my life. Like I just used prayer and, um, I would talk to him, even if my relationship with him was a little bit of shambles, um, he would still be that person for me. Um, in the areas in which I struggled, uh, that you mentioned, I think I getting caught up in this concept of God's unconditional love was really hard for me to fathom because Mm. I messed up so much. So I was like, God, how could you forgive me over and over and over and over again? Um, And that put like a really big strain on my relationship with him because I felt so detached um, knowing that I'm like consciously doing bad things, but expecting him to forgive me and knowing he would. Um, And I was tired of taking advantage of him and I didn't feel comfortable coming back to him because it was like, it was so shameful. So that was like the biggest strain in our relationship, but also the biggest push in our relationship, because that's when, um, when I figured it out and I understood, I finally understood the concept of grace. That's when God became my God. Like instead of being my mom's God or somebody that, you know, I'm like, I heard about, he became tangible for me. Mm -hmm. Uh Well, that's a huge, that's a really relatable topic. I think like, um, unconditional love is really, really difficult because we rarely experience that um, mm-hmm. in real life, right? With people, even with people that we love, people that have raised us, etc. 
there's moments that where we can kind of sometimes relate to that people who uh, we care about so dearly, it feels like they don't love us in certain moments, right? Yeah. Um, but like, and, and like, that's because of like, you know, maybe physical proof, the way they react to something, et cetera, because of things you've done to them and then you see their response. Even if it's for a split second, you feel that like, man, by the way they reacted, they don't love me. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to God, there's no reaction he gives us to ever make us think that he doesn't love us. And you're like, how, how is that possible? Yeah. When the people I see with my own eyes do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, wow. Um, what is it then, uh, when you uh, said grace, when you understood grace, um, mm-hmm. can you explain what grace is, what grace, what you've learned grace to be? Um, okay, so. Sorry to put that on you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know, you know, I was like, uh. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but, but please, take your time. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> um, for me, grace is just grace is not only like forgiveness but it's just how do i man um it's just this concept of not giving up i guess something that it like surpasses people's understanding of like what love is i think um it's love in such a like unimaginable form i think um it's like coming back to go- i'm like breaking this down because i'm like how do i even put this in like one sentence but no no um, go ahead go ahead don't worry <laughs> i think for me it's like i come back i can hash it out with you there's no judgment no nothing um and you'll work with me where i'm at like that's grace like you look at me and you still see me as someone that you love like someone that you would still call someone that you would still invest in someone that you still see as special like you still claim me as your child even though i'm messed up like the messed up part to god is kind of just like i caught i got you like i'm willing to work with you and no matter like no matter the extent and it's just it's it's something that um, is so hard, I think, for all of us to grasp because we are so used to being like, all right, you know what, you, you messed up, you try to play me, I'm going to yeah. cut you off. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. there's this whole, you know, society is really just like, okay, just cut them off. Like, what's the big deal? Um, and God's like, but, you know, he just contradicts, like, he just not contradicts, but, like, he uh, completely goes against that and just like nah like i will never give up on you like there's no cutoff between me and you yeah wow and that is so intense like you know no you're right yeah it's true like um we tell everybody you know like there's a there's a limit to how much you can take from people you know someone's toxic get them out of your life you know cut that off etc etc and you know i think to a to an extent like there's a reality to that right for healing etc what's best for you Mm -hmm. but for god he's like there's nothing that i just cut you off right yeah i know i think you put you explained it in a powerful way um grace always accepting us Uh, flesh i'm just wondering a little bit about something i asked you before this conversation about your theme with god and what you've really felt uh you've always you're always learning or always kind of coming back to with god he told me 
uh, trust and obedience. You want to unpack that a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> um, every time it comes up, like I laugh only because I know that's my struggle. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's so that's so real for me. Um, okay. So, plain and simple, like I have trust issues. So, like already, that is just a challenge. And um, I realized that, you know, a lot of the times so our relationships with people translates into our relationship with God. And um, my lack of trust in, in people kind of like makes me believe like, oh, what's your motive? Like, what's your intent here? You can't just be being like that just because like there has to be something that you want, um, this, that and the third. But that has gone into my relationship with God. So it's been difficult for me to trust him because it's like, man, like, are you, re- are you really like, are you really about it? Like, are you really about me? That. Mm. And then also, um, I, I have, well, I'm sure like everyone, we have like a thing for control. Right. So especially me, like I really like to make sure everything is just scheduled and like whatever this, that, and the third. So it's like, I have trouble knowing or trusting that, man, like you really got it, especially because sometimes God, God's way is like, is not comfortable. And he, he just, he likes to do things really interestingly sometimes. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, this is what you want. Like I've been put in so many predicaments where God wants me to go serve somebody or where God is asking me to go and do something that is just uncomfortable and I'm like I gotta trust him um and I have a story for you for that so in a second (laughs) but um and I guess in obedience like it's hard for me like I guess it translates into the obedience because it's like okay um God asks me to do something and now I have to do it the way he did it even though I don't think it's the right way um Mm. because it doesn't sound correct like it just sounds off but um, yeah, I struggle with obedience a lot um, and just hearing his voice and then just moving. It's usually, I tell people like, wow, I'm just so, so shook like that God is just so patient with me because if I was that way to somebody, there was, there'd be no way. Like every time God asked me to do something, it always starts with the initial no. Like, and then we debate basically about how this is going to go. And of course, you know, he has his way, but it's like, that's how it usually goes. Um, so that's that's how that's how that plays out um the story in regards to trust I mean like I have a lot because of just my nature and what I'm working on um how to better myself um to learn to trust him more but um I remember there was this one time I went downtown Calgary to go get my passport and um I was going by myself for the first time on the train and so my mom was super worried about me <laughs> and she was just like, Felicia, you know, don't talk to nobody. And I was like, okay. And she was like, don't talk to any homeless people, specifically that. And I was like, why? So that like sprung like a, a light bulb in my head. I was like, but like, what if they need something? I'm not just going to walk past them. And she was like, no. And I was like, okay. So I didn't say anything. But I was having the conversation with God in my head. I said, God, like, what do I do? Because, yes, we're supposed to be obedient to our parents. 
but it's just like if you ask me to do something you take like you know you're you're more of my priority here so I was kind of going back and forth um but I was like okay whatever I dropped it went on the train I'm walking to the place where I'm getting my passport I'm seeing all these homeless people but I don't feel any need to do anything I'm like okay whatever just go about my business I see them I walk back see the same people and um, I'm back on the train to go home and I get on the train and there's a homeless person on the train and this person is sitting like by themselves like and everybody else around him was just really trying not to sit near him like you could just yeah. tell like he has so much yeah, space yeah. um and he's carrying a blanket it's cold outside too and he just does not look well so god's like go sit beside him mercy I said, okay and my mom's like i remember telling her this recently she's like why would you do that i'm like because people always feel like these people are so untouchable like why wouldn't you sit beside them Jesus would literally look at that person and be like, that's the person right there. So mm, um, mm. I went and I sat with him and God's like, I want you to buy lunch for him. Um, no, he said, I want you to have lunch with him. Sorry. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, but, but I call him dad. So I said, but dad, like, uh what if he's you know not hungry like you know like i was trying to make excuses because i'm on myself i don't know how yeah. this is gonna play out i'm like this is this could be very unsafe like whatever yeah for um, sure <laughs> and so i was just like am i hearing you right like <laughs> um and god's like yeah like i need you to do this and i was like okay dad like but if you like he he could just you know just be minding his business Right as we're having this conversation, this man asks out loud, he's like, does anyone have money for lunch? And I was like, oh, I, and God's like, it's your time. I said, okay. So I was like, um, <laughs> I like how to tap him, you feel me? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, um, I do, you know? And he's like, oh, okay, great. And then it was just kind of that. And then I was like, hey, God, now, like, what stop is he getting off at? Because my stop, like, I know where I'm at if I get off at my stop. If I get off at his and he's, like, directing me, well, this could be a fat L. And I'm like, I'm telling this to God. Like, you feel me? And so he was like, okay, bet. And I so I tapped the guy again. And I was like, so um, which stop are you getting off at? And he said, Marlboro, which is the exact same spot I'm getting off at. Hmm. And I was like, okay okay god took care of that god took care of that so it was like kind of silent on the on the ride um and i'm like we get off and i'm like god please keep me safe because i'm by myself and i'm like i'm like i don't even know but god's like why wouldn't i keep you safe if i called you to do something mercy yeah and like i was like all right cool because, like, even if he told me, like, because even if I was to get off at another stop, he's like, there's no way, like, I would let anything happen to you. I said, true. So I had to just trust him with that. So we get off the stop and we're walking and we're talking. This man is telling me how he's been on, like, all these different drugs and he's really trying to get his life together. Um, and he is someone who wanted to pursue journalism but didn't have the opportunity and he's going from house to house and, um, he didn't like he looked really like sick um and he was actually he said he had a cold that day so he was sick but um 
yeah he just didn't look like he was in good condition and this man like he he just looked so unstable like when we were walking it's like he was paying attention to me but he just like looked um kind of distracted and so I was like okay whatever that's fine let me get to know him so we're walking and we're talking together um and I'm just honestly trying to get to know his story and telling him a little bit about myself and things like that and as we're walking closer and closer because we're about to go to the mall food court um as we're getting closer to the mall people are looking at us like people are looking at me like I'm crazy and I'm like this is very interesting um because I feel like this is how they looked at Jesus when he was on earth um, like he was crazy for reaching out to people who they felt like shouldn't be reached out to. Um, and so, I mean, we, we just kept walking and I, he like, obviously he'd been on the streets for a while. It was raining. So he didn't smell the greatest either. So people are like, you know, feeling types of ways or whatever. Um, we eventually get into the, the food court and this man like drops his blanket on the ground and his, um, his backpack. And he, um, is trying to like go find food. And it was just like, it was just really interesting because I was like, whoa, like, it's so interesting how all his belongings he can just drop on the floor in that moment. And it was just like, I realized how much I had in that moment, I guess. Yeah. Because um, everything that he had belonged in his hands. So wow. Wow. that was huge for me. Um, and so I ended up buying him food. And then he was about to dip out. And I said, do you mind if we sit and have lunch together? So we ended up doing that. Um, and it was like, again, like people were looking at me crazy. Like it was so insane. I, I can't like forget their faces <laughs> to this day. Um, but I just went about my business and we ate, we had a good time. And um, I ended up taking him to Walmart after that because I wanted to get him medication like Tylenol. Um, mm -hmm. for his cold and um I also ended up getting him this journal and I wrote like my favorite bible verse in it and I just told him like I want you to use this so that you can write stories like do your journalism be great <laughs> you feel wow. me um and I wish the best for you this that the third I ended up giving it to him and then I asked him like if I could hug him because I knew like you know sometimes you think you can do like so much for people and like give them so much but sometimes people just need you to listen and they just want to know that like wow someone actually takes the time out of their schedule to listen to me and to touch me like these people I'm sure like sometimes feel like oh no one wants to touch me and it's just like man like it doesn't even matter so I hugged him um and I could just tell like he was shook <laughs> mm. um and so we went about our business um and that was that until a year later, I walked out of Superstore with my mom <laughs> and I saw him sitting out there. And I was like, hold on, do I know you? Aren't you the person that I had lunch with that one day? <laughs> and he was like, oh yeah, how you been? Like, <laughs> and he looked so much better. Like he was still in the streets, but he looked so much better. Um, and we kind of like caught up a little bit. And my mom, was, after we left, she was like, who is that? How do you know him? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's, that's the homeless person I had lunch with, like, last year. And I had to explain the whole story at that moment. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that, that was my, my, uh, one of my stories with trusting and obeying God that led to something amazing. So. Yeah. You feel that, um, I guess, in what you've learned, when you trust and obey God, 
it's always worth it. Mm, yeah, it is. It really is. Um, that's one of like the stories that was just a lot. Um, it flowed really easily. Um, but in some cases, when I've had to trust and obey God in the moment, it feels like it's very painful um, or just difficult in general. Um, but then at the end, I get it. I, I understand the big picture and it's definitely worth it. Hmm. What would you, uh, just as, as we wrap up again, okay. thank you so much, uh, for sharing and being vulnerable about your story. Um, as we wrap up, if there's someone who's listening, who's struggling in being obedient or trusting to, uh, trusting to God, what would you tell them to do to help them prepare for doing things like that or to push through those times where, uh, they don't want to? Um, I guess I would say that it's okay, first of all, that you feel like that. Like, don't feel guilty um, because it's normal. It doesn't feel comfortable. Um, know that it may seem wrong and, like, innately because it may conflict with how you're feeling but just remember what you know, even in the midst of how you're feeling. Um, and what I mean by what you know is how you've seen God show up in your life before, the promises that he's held over your life, um, and hold on to that. I would also say that it really does get better. Somehow, God makes things um makes things come full circle for you somehow um and i would just say like his love his love will always protect you like i think we paint god as a, a scary person a lot of the times but like he's a dad <laughs> so this man will go out of his way to do a lot to protect you and to watch out for you as you're trusting and obeying him and even though sometimes you're feeling like he's doing it you're you're going and trusting and obeying on behalf of serving others or doing this that and third but it's like he has not forgotten about you in the process and um as you trade your plans for his remember that he also traded his initial plan to accommodate us like when things go left like I always think about that how like you know the whole idea of sin wasn't his plan anyways um but he changed everything because he loved us and he made sure that we were straight so he makes things come full circle and he'll do the same for you so yes